Hey everyone, this is Michael Giacchino, and you're listening to Across the Bifrost. Whosoever holds this hammer, if it be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Across the Bifrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am one of your co-hosts, Ryan Doze, joined today by one other member of the Warriors 3. It's not Faz today. Will Rose is back. And Will Rose is here to uh, to start a series with us. Will, we're finally here. We're here. We're we're there. And I would do my Faz impression, but I'm still working on it. I'm still Yeah. Yeah. You gotta all your Canadian isms really have to get like worked out so it can be perfect <laughs> when you, you break it out on the show. I want to offend all of Canada when I do it. <laughs> all of Canada wants to be offended. If you offend all of Canada, they'll probably say sorry. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you're you're probably you're probably good there. Uh so everybody, today is Today's the big one. We're finally starting Simonson Saga today. We are doing Simonson Saga number one. We are talking all about Beta Ray Bill. So we're starting at Mm. Thor 337, going through Thor 340. And uh, Will and I are not the only ones that are going to talk about these awesome comics today. We have brought back two fantastic guests who I believe this is the third, third time um third time they've been on the show so we are welcoming uh matt howell and jacob balcom from bronze age monsters back onto across the bifrost to talk about walt simonson's thor fellas welcome back to the show thank you thank you good to be here so uh i i know i said bronze age monsters because last time we were talking to the hosts of werewolf by night so matt What's up with Bronze Age Monsters? What is it? And what are you guys uh, currently doing over there on your show? There was a transformation? Yes, there was. There's a transformation. Okay. Full moon snuck up on us. Um, Yeah, yeah, we were were Werewolf by Night podcast, and we were loving Jack Russell's adventures, and uh, we ran out of sidewalk. So we could either keep going into the 90s or the 2000s, and we didn't like that idea. So we said, let's stay where we're really happy, and that is the 70s, weird 70s comics. So... We rebranded ourselves as Bronze Age Monsters, and each season we're doing a different character uh, for the most part. So this season we're doing Damon Hellstrom, the son of Satan, yeah. and um, next season we're doing a, a Bronze Age buffet, just a bunch of different monster characters who kind of got um, a spotlight in a book for four or five issues and didn't take off, so they got canned. So it's kind of a, a buffet of different monsters. So yeah, it's, each season is going to be like that. So different focus, different themes, but it's all 70s weirdness. Now, please tell me that one of the characters you're going to talk about in the buffet season, like you and I haven't talked about this, but I just got it. Is it the Colossus going to be? Oh, it, hell yeah. Golem, Scarecrow, um, I think Brother Voodoo. Um, yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. I love it, the Colossus. It's it's almost unreadable, but I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. You guys are a few episodes into Son of Satan right now. It's a lot. I've been a lot of Ghost Rider uh, and a lot of, you know, Marvel Spotlight stuff. Um, And I'm just curious, like how like how have you guys found trying to like handle a new character? Because you guys did werewolf stuff for what? Three whole seasons. That's years that you were covering the same type of character. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a good transition because, yeah, what Matt and I realized as we were going chronologically through Jack Russell's appearances is that we were, we, you know, we got into the 80s, we got into the early 90s, and we realized that that was not the era we liked talking about. That was That was kind of when, you know, by the early 90s, I had kind of left mainstream comics behind. I wasn't a fan of the art or the way stories really were told for the most part. There's some exceptions, but uh, I think Matt can agree with me there. That And I thought that we, taking the chance to go back to the 70s, to the real Bronze Age, that's where our hearts are. That's where we have the most fun. That's where we think uh, comics were the most fun in a lot of ways because the code had relaxed and had allowed yeah. all these new newer things to to happen and just at the birth of any art or medium the beginning is kind of the most exciting a lot of the time so we're just happy to be back in the 70s i think so, it also is a good fit for us as well because um that's kind of the first generation of kids that grew up reading comics started making them so you have a lot of kids who are kind of young hippies in their early 20s who were taking some recreational drugs and uh, had grown up reading Captain America and stuff. So having them get in, get go loose and just kind of have some lower tier books where no one had time to keep an eye on them. Um, it's where a lot of magic happens um, accidentally, I think, but that's what I love. The, yeah, definitely that's... in the Marvel horror line and that yeah. kind of stuff. Like it was like, it felt like the inmates were running the asylum. <laughs> well, they were because, and, and it was for a lot of reasons. I mean, just like Matt said, a lot of these kids were now hippies and they were writing comics and also Marvel's um, titles they were printing each month just exploded. And so suddenly they're printing 60, 70 titles a month and there just wasn't editorial oversight. So a lot of these monster books, I swear to God, they just weren't looked at at all. They were just <laughs> sent to the printer. Like someone just glanced at them, stamped them okay, and they were sent to the printer. So really weird just shit kind of- uh, Send it along. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's when cool, that's when the magic happens. And, and that's, no that's where, that, yeah, that's what and we love and that's where we're focusing. And then, yeah, meanwhile, uh, little uh, kid William is sitting in, my mom dropped me off at the spinner rack at the grocery store mm -hmm. while she went grocery shopping and let me sit there and spin the spinner rack and grab all these comics off uh, to to watch and read and, and going, what is this? What's going on? So, yeah, I, I'm thankful for that era, too. Well, as a, as someone who is clergy, was, uh, was Son of Satan a title that you picked up and you were allowed <laughs> if, to read? I, I will. I, there was no. Yeah, that, I guess um, eight year old William didn't have the foresight that one day he may be clergy. So what he did do is uh, grab Fangoria uh, sci fi magazine and whatever okay. comic had uh, Marvel at the top. And I was flipping through those pages before mom got back over to me for sure. Wow. I wow. love it. You backpedaled hard away from that son of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I there's definitely Ghost Rider, Son of Satan. Like I, I, I was a big X Men head, so like anything that had any of the X Men, I was grabbing. Guess, guess starring or or in any book, but um, but yeah, if if it had Marvel on, I was flipping through it. Um, that's fun. I'm I'm not that familiar with Son of Satan, but that's that's where there's podcasts out there to do the work for me that I can listen to and learn like Bronze Age Monsters this mm. season, The Son of Satan. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll put a link in our episode description for that, uh, for you guys' show. And uh, I just, I always, I always encourage people to go check out your show. Cause even if you like, you know, I knew nothing about Jack Russell, but when I started, um, but you know, I, I knew nothing about, uh, you know, uh, John Jameson, the star God. And yet that became <laughs> some of the most enjoyable audio that I've ever, and, and then, you know, got to, 
you know, become acquaintances with you guys and have you guys on the show. It's been a lot of fun watching you guys go through all these different, like almost like phases of the show. And uh, I've definitely learned a lot and we're going to learn a lot tonight about Walt Simonson's run of Thor. We're finally starting it, everybody. We've been talking about it for, I feel like months now, but it's finally here. So uh, we are going to uh, the honors of covering, of giving us a synopsis of the first issue, uh, Thor 337 goes to uh, our our guest, Jacob Balcom. Yeah, so I'm glad. I mean, we have, I think we've talked about this on on a couple of the appearances I've made on this show yeah. that uh, that this was my first issue of Thor. What a, uh, what a first this, issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think I was six when this came out and uh, I saw it on the rack and you know, it's one of the most iconic covers of all time with with Beta Ray Bill, you know, smashing the uh, title of the Mighty Thor. And it's just, I mean, I'm sure every little kid that saw this on a spinner rack just just had to have it. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I was really into mythology and I think I had some mythology books even when I was really young. I, I kind of got, I was into, really into mythology and dinosaurs like in kindergarten. But I honestly think this may have been my first experience just with, with, you know the 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 myth of mythos of thor and and so when i when i picked this up i thought it was interesting because it took me a while like going back and reading you know later um runs of thor like from this issue what i got from it as a six-year-old kid i'm just like oh well i guess just thor is different people like sometimes it's this guy who's blonde and sometimes it's this uh weird horse alien and that's just how thor is and so yeah, I never kind of I, I I never shook that. I just uh yeah, Odin Odin's son is not is 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 not my first Thor, really. He's 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 shown first Isn't that in this crazy. Issue. But yeah, but I I associated it much more with Beta Ray Bill as a kid. I I I related more to Beta Ray Bill. I just thought he was cool looking. It's just it's I mean right off the bat, what a weird design. Oh, like <laughs> truly. Like, who could I mean only from the great mind of Walt Simonson can can this uh, this horse alien. Like if you're if you're I can imagine him like uh, like trying to just pitch it you know just with words to to whoever was editing and without showing them. And it doesn't make any sense. You're just like okay, he's like this he's like kind of a jacked like horse who's a guy but he's an alien and imagine he's going to be the new steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's it's so weird and um yeah, I mean, if I'm correct, I th I think the editor in chief on these issues is Jim Shooter, and Jim Shooter, you know, uh, Matt and I have gone on record on our show, like we we're not Shooter apologists, but a little bit, like people people vilify Shooter for a lot of really good reasons. Uh, a lot of artists hated him, a lot of artists left the company when he started, but um, Matt and I kind of agree that a lot of things happened under Shooter's watch that may not have been able to happen uh previously you know he allowed characters to die he allowed uh he allowed thor to become a horse alien you know and just all <laughs> these things that I, I don't know i don't know if previous editors would have let that fly so i think that um everything was right right about now the pot was perfectly stirred you know you had you had shooter you had simonson taking over thor this is the first issue that he's writing and drawing he had drawn a a run before written by len ween um i think in the late 70s and uh it's okay it's it's funny it's not as memorable a lot of people who love the simonson uh run that we're going to be talking about don't really sometimes even forget that simonson yeah. did oh like i don't know 
15, 20 it, issues of Thor. It, what, what I think we, we talked about this a little bit before we, we hit record. What, what I think, what I think those issues lack is Simonson's distinctive style. Yeah. Um, and his vibe, like there's no, if you read those, if someone were to go back and, you know, after reading Simonson's Thor, his fantastic four, some, something that he's very like iconic with, you'd go back to those stories and be like, what? Like, you sure Walt Simonson did this? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you sure? Um, yeah. So going back, like, it's not required reading, um, but it's just kind of a, I, I was telling you guys, like, it's just like a little trivia fact um, that 337 was not his first issue on Thor, but he's really like at the creative helm finally. Yeah, well, this is his auteur moment. I mean, he's he's writing, he's penciling, he's inking, and uh, and and he's together with uh with with a great team for these first few issues, which oh. is uh you know John Workman John is, is one of the greatest uh, letters of all time. Mm. I mean, you can take the work that he did on Simonson's run, and he's the letterer throughout the entire thing. Right. right. I think he does every single issue. I, I believe and, and you're so correct. Yeah, it's so baked into why this run is amazing and we get george rousseau that matt and i are very familiar with he's an incredible colorist started out as a golden age artist penciler but he took over coloring for marvel i think in around 73 he uh took over from marie severin as the uh head of coloring and he's just yeah he is he is amazing so the the creative team on this just everything about this issue really really spoke to me uh as a little kid and it, it was my first exposure to walt simonson um for sure. I'll just, I'll give a quick bio of Simonson. Yeah. Like he, Jacob, real fast, real fast. Yeah. Do you still have that comic The comic you bought off the rack? Do you have it somewhere? Do you no, still have it? I, I don't have this one. I have the original one. Uh, Ryan, you showed us before we recorded the second appearance. I still have yeah, my, yep. my childhood copy of that. I don't have the, awesome. uh, I, I, I don't have the original one. I don't know what I did with that one, but, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. did you make yeah, it a Roy the, Thomas collage? I, I would, I would bind that stuff. I would bind that in a heartbeat. I don't care how much it's worth. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Simonson, uh, well, I mean, going back, I guess his first comic credit was he penciled a story by Len Wein in uh, Weird War Tales, uh, number 10 in 1973. It was a really cool anthology series that DC did that um, Matt and I are huge fans of. It's just, uh, yeah, just kind of what you said. It's like supernatural war stories, it's like a, a marriage between a horror comic book and a war comic. And it's uh, really, really great. But uh, later that year, he kind of became super famous in the industry for doing yeah. a backup story in detective comics. And it was written by Archie Goodwin. It's called Manhunter. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys have read that. Matt, I think you've read, you've read Manhunter. You gave it to me as a gift. Yeah, that's right. Because I, I, I've. It's one of those comics. I don't know if you guys have this with like comics or books, to where it's one of your favorite things, and you end up giving your copy away so many times, yep. and then you just start ending up buying extra copies. And <laughs> right. So yes. That's what I did with Matt. I had one of my extra copies, and I'm just like, nope, nope. Matt, Matt needs to read this. So Manhunter was kind of a. It started out. Uh, I, I think Simon and Kirby created the character in the Golden Age, and he was very boring. It was just is not a great creation, but. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, Archie Goodwin and Walt Simonson turned him into this hyper-violent, like dark vigilante clone figure. And it is just, it was a backup and detective. It's real short. It was like six issues, six like eight page stories. 
and it won every award it put um well archie goodwin's already a titan by that right point. right but it, it, this, manhunter put simonson on the map like people took him very seriously mm. after that and they should and it's a it's a crazy story like like it's pretty famous but you know the character dies at the end like they just kill the character <laughs> off which is something that uh, you know wow. is not, was not done a ton in comics i was trying to think like i think before that like the like the original doom patrol um by arnold drake uh, i think they they killed them off uh killed the entire team off on the last issue i think that was done in the late 60s but yeah not not something that's done a whole lot but i thought that was uh, uh such a cool thing but of course it's comics so guess what he comes back oh no <laughs> didn't yeah. see that coming <laughs> wow. yeah yeah exactly not not by simonson and goodwin i don't think they liked that but uh, yeah late, later on later on he would so definitely if you're a simon back. if you're looking for simonson uh uh, you know, uh, exterior stuff outside of Thor, Manhunter is where you'd kind of start his trajectory up. Absolutely. I mean, I think everyone who is interested in comics, especially 70s comics, should read Manhunter. I, it might be one of the best mainstream 70s comics ever produced. Oh and wow! So Very everyone should players. everyone should have it in their in their collection. Well, uh, Walt moved on after that to like he he uh, rampaging Hulk, you know, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars. He did a little Thor run, but uh, I think this this was his big act, like like <laughs> writing and drawing this first issue of Thor and his entire run. I mean, this is what he's most well known for. To and he day. did a lot of great stuff to this day. Yeah. I mean, this is this is something that is. Uh, is this is on people's top three all-time runs it's on just it's on everyone's radar this is considered some of the greatest comics ever produced yeah. so it's funny you say that because um you know last year we did um we did jason aaron and his run on thor and i we did that one because it's my quintessential on ramp to comics mm -hmm. um and that was that was one that i wanted to do Simonson was one that I felt we needed to do where, yeah, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's quintessential. It must be, it must be done. I can't put Thor on the mass set of my podcast and not talk about Walt Simonson. That's I feel true. like, I, I feel like just from these four issues, I'm not, I've said this on previous appearances. I'm not the biggest Thor reader. Um, I felt like from reading these, this is, I would not hesitate to say Eisnerian and its achievement. Um, yes. What goes on here? Yep. Yeah, uh, and and can, I mean, Aaron's run is no slouch. I mean, Aaron is absolutely the second best Thor writer of all time. Like, yeah. there's, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and I don't want to uh, derail anything, but just I wanted to know. I did not realize this until you were speaking, Jacob, and I was clicking around in this pirate comics site I'm on. Um, I did check this out for the library as well, but I'm just doing a lazy <laughs> reference on the air. Um, that on this issue of this cover, we're starting this with. Um, Beta Ray Bell is smashing the Thor uh, logo. Yes. And that is the old 60s Thor logo. And that was the one up until this moment. And the right. one that is iconic Every one to issue. starts the next issue. I had no mm -hmm. idea he was being that bold. And I mean, that's a BCAD distinction as far as I can mm -hmm. tell. Yep. Mm -hmm. And 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 like like we said, like the the vibe completely changes. I have read, I have read the run leading up to this. Like the there's it's a lot of Len Wein stuff. Um, the artist changed like every two, three issues. Um, it's not cohesive at all. Um, I mean, like one issue Thor's fighting Dracula, and the next one he's 
you know, uh, doing, you know, dating drama with Sif again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it it's not, there's no overarching. Goal. Cohesive. Does he um, fight son of Satan? Does he fight son of Satan? No, that would, that, that would have actually <sighs> been entertaining. Uh, so. Uh, Dracula. Three. I mean, yeah, Dracula. Uh, A damn. Somebody's damned. Somebody's damned. Three, <laughs> uh, issue 336 is one of my least favorite Thor comics. It like it it is such a downer. And if you didn't know that Simonson was coming after it, I'd be like, well, I can uh, stop getting this book. Um, but then 337 comes, and like you guys are saying, the whole game changes. Um, and Thor being a pretty middle of the road, if not below average Marvel book for a long time, gets turned on its head because most of after Kirby and Lee left, after Basema left. Until Walt comes there, there's about uh, almost a hundred issues in there. That's very forgettable. That's a long slump. That's a yeah. long slump. Like, that's not a sophomore slump. <laughs> that's, that's like, like the 10 worst years. high school and into your bachelor's degree slump. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not. It's it's not good. And you're right. They're more. I mean, they are. They're absolutely forgettable. I I don't know why anyone would read them um eventually we'll 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 do it um eventually we will because we're we're masochists um but uh but uh jacob do you want to kind of give uh listeners like a synopsis of this issue and then we can kind of bat the ball around yeah real 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 fast like we're we're getting ready we're gonna talk uh not too long from now about daniel warren johnson's beta ray bill and that graphic novel in the back of that graphic novel there's an interview between him and walt simonson and and daniel warren johnson asks him you know what was your inspiration for this story beta ray bill and and he basically answers like i just wanted to tell a different story i want to do something new something that hasn't been told before and the idea of like somebody else picking up the words hammer like just stuck in his head for all those years he goes i just wanted to do something new so as you talk about like the hundred issues before this one about becoming really stale and forgettable like boom he really does come out of the gate and tell a different kind of story and people took notice and and it wasn't thor was never the same since that so it's interesting hearing reading that interview and then you guys talk about the backstory of him leading up that he really was starting something brand brand new and wanted to tell a different story and he did yeah spectacular let's uh let's tell that story then yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean the first couple pages of of this are just uh, they're just some of my favorite pages of comics and 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 again just reading this as a as a little kid i'm just going to read the narration on the first one it's just it's these four panels that are there these vertical panels of just uh, this just fire and space. And it says far beyond the fields we know, the core of an ancient galaxy explodes and a molten ingot of star stuff is left behind, but not left alone. And then, yeah, as a little kid, I'm reading these 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 pages just being like, oh my God, there's this giant fire demon who's, you know, bigger than planets and is and is is forging something. And and yeah, especially even just uh, I think it's just a couple pages in at the end of this sequence. We get uh, one of the great uh, John Workman. The, the the way that he letters sound effects is just like like no one else. And there's this giant doom that happens at the, at the oh, bottom of that page. It. And it's just this is one of the greatest intros to a run of comics. Like it's just it it's 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 bigger than epic. And that's just that's what drew me in. And that's every time I read this, I I, I relive that because it did. It just it just captivated me when I read this as a child. 
and then yeah we're introduced to this you know that this this blonde guy we're introduced to uh to thor i was just <laughs> like who's, blonde guy. Who's, who's this guy i was just like this is crazy and uh then yeah he's kind of kidnapped by by nick fury and uh yeah he, he finally does become thor which i was just like oh okay so this guy is thor i i guess and uh you know, we meet other characters throughout this that, that you know, Thor readers would be very uh, familiar with, like Sif and Warriors 3 and all these other people. And then uh, kind of towards the end, really, I mean, well, no, I, I mean, I guess in the middle, we're introduced to Loki. And I love how Simonson draws Loki. Fantastic. Like, Loki. It's just, it's so good. It's not... You know, Loki, the depictions of Loki can really go, uh, they can get too cartoony. Very, they can, very they easily. Can, yeah, really easily. And I think that that um, minimizes the threat that, that you're supposed to feel with Loki. Right. And yeah, it's just, I mean, it's its just a phenomenal issue. And uh, Thor ends up aboard an alien ship. And this is when he meets beta ray bill who Ooh. has who has such a cool like i loved his original like space suit in this yeah like it was just it yeah. was it was so cool and yeah his uh his his intro I, I love so much when we first see him he says rise up demon you have pursued me only to find death and when i am through with you you will welcome it i am called bill beta ray bill and oh. <laughs> oh, such a great intro so yeah, they they battle in 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 space in this spaceship, and then um, yeah, Thor turns back into uh, Flame Doctor Blake, gets uh, beaten by Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill ends up picking up uh, Thor's stick. He says, "What's this? A stick? The hammer has vanished." And then he ends up hitting it. That's such a great line. He ends up hitting <laughs> against the wall and then suddenly he becomes Thor. So yeah, this is a, I mean, this is the seismic shift, right? This is something that is just, that, that just hasn't happened exactly like this ever, ever before. And so, yeah, af after this happens, yeah, we just kind of, um, you know, Fury starts to, starts to engage. But then the great thing that happens is that Odin shows up at the end yes. and he's just like, oh, he, he, I, I like how Odin, like, I know he's got one eye. I get it. Like, maybe he didn't he look closely enough. <laughs> he's just like, oh, Thor, you know, uh, my son, we have urgent need of thee in Asgard. I'm, I must call thee home. But he's not paying attention. He's a bit of it. We know he's a deadbeat dad anyways. And and so, yeah, he's just like, OK, come on, let's go. You're in the Thor costume. You must be my you must be my son. Must be my and, son. Yeah. And he leaves his son behind. And so Thor is in the rain. He's just like, father, hear me, father at the end. <laughs> it's and the then uh, last panel. Oh, it's I such a great last page. last page. And then and yeah, the final narration. But the lashing storm does not listen and only the wind and rain reply. And uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's just it's such a cool it's such a cool first issue. I, it, it really does. It reiterates what we've been saying, you know, kind of the whole uh, preamble and it's, it's that the vibe is changing and we're not, you know, uh, Thor is not going to just, you know, punch and throw the hammer enough to beat all these things. Like literally someone gets his power in this hmm. episode uh, or in this issue. And uh, Walt, uh, Walt changes the game, but uh, 
Matt, Will, do you guys have any thoughts on this first, you know, this first huge issue? Yeah, Matt, I, I painted it in very broad strokes. So yeah, yeah there's a lot yeah. in here. There's, there's a, a lot, lot in here. here. So I, I figured you guys would definitely uh, say your favorite parts. I, I could just say from that opening, Jacob, that Cosmic Forge, whatever that was that was going on, those first three pages, um, Kirby-esque, kind of Ditko-esque, uh, Cosmos, um, and the language that was going on, you can feel immediately for that first Doom, I knew, reading this for the first time, this is like um, talking about the spider in Fearful Symmetry. Like, mm -hmm. someone's telling a bigger tale here, they have a plan, and they've laid, established a motif that is going to play out through this whole thing, and it sure is... Mm -hmm. You know, sure as heck did. Um, so I could already tell by that doom uh, that we were um, in good hands and something epic and magical was about to start. And it sure enough did. Yeah, I love the callbacks to the original, like original origin story of Thor um, way back when is because I love that like, oh, what's this, a stick? I'm just going to pick it up and hit it against something and maybe something <laughs> will happen. That that's pretty much how Thor, Donald Blake became Thor anyway, uh, you know, way back when. Oh, what's this, a stick? I might as well pick this up and strike it down. And oh, gosh, I'm a Norse god now. Uh, but but like the same kind of thing there of like uh, Beta Ray Bill uh, seeing a stick and picking it up. But I, you know, this came out in 1983. So this is at the height of like, you know, the resurgence of, of sci-fi with with Star Wars, with uh, Battlestar Galactica, some works that that um, as we said, um, Walt Simonson had had worked on before, and so he's bringing this kind of like space fantasy odyssey opera, you know, uh, to play here within um, this Thor book, and and even the MCU plays around with this kind of are they Norse gods or are they aliens from a, like an advanced civilization? This kind of sci-fi emergence of the two and so um it's all there in in that comic and you can really see it play out it's great i also like that you know uh he's doing such a big thing here by letting someone else be worthy to wield the the, the mallet like yeah um and it is someone from another galaxy or something that we're not even familiar with so um he is kind of establishing that this is some other people have tried to pick this up other people have tried to do this none, none have been worthy so far but here is this guy and so that immediately makes you interested, like, well, wow, what is his story? How is What's he his story? Maybe we'll find out in the next one. Who knows? <laughs> but, but even like um, uh, Fury shows up in the, like the flying car and you're like, oh, that's cool. Very dynamic red flying car that's been around. But still like um, something came up on our radar. We need you to take a look at. There's some threat coming our way. And uh, it's like, what could this be hurling towards Earth? This this alien or destruction was happening. Thor, we need you to go investigate. And in that investigation is he discovers and is that classic kind of marvel uh we're not going to talk first we're just going to fight and then we'll figure out e who each other is uh later on down the road I, speaking of nick fury i do love that when beta ray bill's ship is hurtling towards earth uh nick fury's only response is we'll figure this out later open fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> hold, right. on. hold on hold on um, so great don't want to just like maybe ask a question first to figure something out. But no, yeah. blow, blow that shit out of the sky. And we yeah. never do that now. Like we would definitely we, yeah, ask we're, questions. We're so much first. more methodical and thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. We, we would not blow something at first, then investigate it when it falls to the ground. Like, we, uh, another thing I really love about this, uh, that is uh, through this whole four issues, is that um, he's balancing that kind of sci-fi, other world, sci you know, a fantasy thing you're talking about with being grounded in really hard and true Norse mythology, where Volstagg is telling the story and calling back Baldur's history. It's oh, like the mistletoe he's arrow. weaving the best of all 
all mm-hmm. the Thor stuff, like yes. the comics, the real stuff, everything together to make this just, it's a perfect balance of everything. Well, and, and, and Simonson really had, I mean, he, he's gone on record many interviews and in saying that, you know, Thor were, were some of his first comics and he was yeah. obsessed with Thor as a kid. So he knew all the mythology. He knew everything that Thor had done at Marvel. So he's just had all this in the back of his brain, just stewing. And so yeah. now he's finally able to, now that he's writing the title, he's finally able to marry all of that together. It is great that most of the artists or creators that have made the most indelible mark on Thor have been passionate about the character's roots. Because mm-hmm. um, like it's it's noted that Jack Kirby did some of his best work in those Tales of Asgard backup stories. Mm-hmm. And those are all just mythological retelling. They're comic book retellings of his mythological roots. And, you know, uh, Tales of Asgard is so good. And that's like where Kirby, I feel like, really flexes his muscles on that Thor book. Not so, like the, the A stories are always great. You know, um, you know, I, I, I are they, though? Okay, I, I know. I know it's a hot I'm take. A little, I, know, I know it is I'm a little biased. <laughs> I, I understand. But but those those tales of Asgard are just so much better than the A story on oh. so many issues. <laughs> let, let me let me rephrase uh, the best or the, the, the greatest like issues of the A stories will pale in comparison to the tales of Asgard. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because they're they're so succinct they're so well told usually um usually the artwork kind of like takes a bump up um in those and i think that simonson and kirby are very alike in that that their love of the heritage of the character bleeds onto the page and you really feel that sense of care but then what matt said is he's also aboard a giant space warship and mm-hmm. I don't remember that in the prose. <laughs> um, so I, I love this 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 amalgamation of just all this weird stuff. And Simonson makes it so seamless, and um, it's so enjoyable. Yeah, well, he he's been drawing. He he drew a lot of spaceships in the last uh, seven or eight years. He, you know, he worked on Star Wars. He worked on Battlestar Galactica, and he's great at drawing spaceships. Yes, mm-hmm. and Scootlebutt um, has got a very distinct <laughs> name. And also, I just scuttlebutt. It's so, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's also got a kind of a distinct design to it. It's very it's very narrow. It's it's it it almost does look like a, a like weapon. A, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it looks like a big gun. Which yeah. you know, we're gonna next week when we talk about Daniel Warren Johnson's Beta Ray Bill, he does something with that idea where he turns scuttlebutt into a into a very unique weapon. Um, um. So. <laughs> Remind me, the scuttlebutt is that like a naval term for like uh, the four one one, the down low, the skinny? Yeah, I thought. Well, yeah, I think so. Like, what's what's the word on the street? I looked it up. It's it's kind of like the rumor. What's the word on the street? Yeah, but it was also a slang term for like uh, like the water cooler on on the ship. So that's that's where they can't. Oh, so that's where they would exchange like a latrine. They would go to the water cooler and have a drink, and then what's the scuttlebutt they'll go down to the scuttlebutt have a drink and then and then talk so that yeah i had to look it up i was like i know Whoa, I've heard that somewhere cool. and i had i had to i had to go look what that word up it's, it's, it's a good one so um guys is there anything else i i know 337 is kind of a pinnacle uh issue but we do have three other great issues we want to get to is there anything else from 337 that we would be remiss uh yes matt 
I just want to say there's so much work I in this. I love raise your hand, by the well, way. I, well, I was a teacher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are so many, like the first three pages, again, I can't harp on that too much, but there's so many, all the splash pages are museum-ready works, in my opinion. But I just want to take, if I take one out of context thing that is more of just a um, grittier kind of street level thing um, yes. that I love, I love the panel when Ray's, Beta Ray Bill is punching through um, his crystal coffin and grabbing Thor by the face. And you just see that John Byrne terrified eye between the oh. fingers. <laughs> yes. that's, that's so exciting to me. Oh. That's all I just wanted to mention. It. It's it's like weirdly, like it's like a sci-fi horror. <laughs> like what is, what is yeah, that? Yeah, totally. Oh, man. Will, Will Rose has okay. uh, our next issue. It's um, Thor 338, the uh, second really, uh, of Beta Ray Bill. Really what if just fought. every issue was just like oh the third appearance of beta ray bill the fourth appearance the second. Oh. No, here we get a story but i've really fought the joke because i don't want ryan to roll his eyes too much it's like beta oh i will ray will is getting ready to talk about oh bill. so here we go yep Damn it, why didn't i i, I know have had I know. that one ready to go well. i know i know well i mean here again this cover is another iconic cover because they're like arm wrestling on the cover with the with the inscription on the hammer just clear that like whoever's worthy to pick up this hammer is is thor and so we saw the last issue of somebody picked it up and was swept away by odin again not paying attention just anybody holding a hammer that has like you know a, a somewhat thor costume um but when we ended like uh with with uh donald blake just hanging out by himself in the storm crying where where's my dad and then you know it is uh <laughs> again where you go back <laughs> yeah he's Odin, can you come to customer service your son is yeah. lost your yeah. son is lost and so we pick up with that with like he's standing there like screaming in the wind and he's like lost without his hammer and again we've seen this over again you don't have your hammer at least in modern day comics and what jason aaron did and others you know he if he doesn't have his hammer and he's not worried then who is he his whole identity just was swept away and then and then we flashed back to asgard where beta ray bill is there hanging out um and and the first thing he says is back demons you know he's calling everybody demons doesn't know who they are he's back swinging demon. his hammer back demon you know it must be you who was there to come slay my people i might save save my people and and then they're like well uh, they finally wake up uh odin's like oh where where where's thor and he's like who what are you what are you talking about i don't know who that is all i know is that i won this hammer fair in in battle so it must <laughs> be mine and so um uh but but there uh boom uh odin brings thor back like that and and immediately thor is brought back he's in his costume uh but but it's so funny because you have this like exchange of like father son hold touching each other's shoulders gazing each other's eyes and there's this kind of father son bond and it's there this inner monologue of like beta ray bill's like oh they must be not be demons uh, there's like this bond of love between father and son they must not be that bad um and then they start talking about like who could wield the hammer or not meanwhile uh we flash back over and loki's messing with sif uh that's that's all we need to know loki is messing with sif. something he's uh, known to do something he's yep. known to do and then boom okay we're back to beta ray bill we just needed this like uh, this is what loki's up to um and then we get the final we get this backstory 
of Beta Ray Bill. Who is Beta Ray Bill? Well, we're getting ready to find out. He tells his story of who he is, his ancient um, kind of noble alien race, their galaxy, uh, the core of their galaxy exploded. So we have this kind of Krypton, Superman kind of universe dying kind of story. He's chosen to be like this, uh, like Moses figure to lead his people out of exodus um and and then he's changed into a super weapon bio we have bio, bionic bill uh who's who's <laughs> gonna do that the ships are on the run and so you have like this battlestar galactica like uh scene of all the ships so you have this thing of like krypton uh and exodus and lots and of sci-fi yeah lots of sci-fi mm -hmm. pastiche starts. and then he does name Ooh. like you get the first like I guess now is when we first hear like him call like Scuttlebutt. His is this the first time he, we find out the name of of the ship that he's it's his in? Scuttle Buddy. Yeah, well, I think it might have come up in the first. first I'm not issue. sure. I thought yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but then he starts talking about like them really looking for 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 sanctuary and and trying to save his people. But now I have this hammer. So now I have this ultimate weapon. So man, I'm gonna go save my people. I have it, it's mine. And they're like, what? Uh no, you must fight. And so this fatherly love between Thor and 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 Odin, they're now like, well, now you can fight to the death. That's how much I love you. Now, <laughs> ask a question. To the death. Yeah. Can I ask a question at this point? What is what Thor has a point here though. There's a niggling you know, small print thing where he's like, but you didn't beat Thor. I was, what was the thing? He was separated from his hammer within yeah. Earth's orbit yes. sphere. So he yeah. became Donald Blake briefly and that's when he got the upper hand, right? right. So he's like, you didn't really beat Thor. No, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an asterisk win. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's the uh the small <laughs> caveat that creates the conflict. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they both he have claims several times. Oh yeah, no, he's not going to let him forget that. It kind of feels like he's he's uh, tattling to teacher about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now they're going to go fight. I wasn't holding my my staff at the time, uh, yeah. so technically, technically I wasn't a god. <laughs> technically, I wasn't a Norse god at that. This point. feels like a recess argument. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to clear that because I wasn't quite sure how the enchantment worked with these sticks slash hammer in donald blake's form so thank you fantastic when i go walk in the woods tomorrow i'm gonna pick up every stick and slam it down and see what happens but the oh, <laughs> as you the should crazy man of the chapel hill woods is back that's yeah. right oh he's back trying to become thor again there's <laughs> there's pastor will trying to become a norse god again in the woods no but then um you know, but then they're sent off to have this battle on Mustafar. I mean, in this lava land <laughs> where where they're going to do that. So so uh, and they do. Yeah, they, they have a, a fantastic uh, battle. And, um, you know, there's this there's this inner monologue that Thor is having that if he loses, then who's going to protect Earth? So not only is he like trying to get his hammer back, but he's like, man, I'm, I may not win this. And if not, who's going to who's going to protect Midgard? Um, and so that's what's going on with his inner dialogue and, and dilemma of, of what's going on here. But then eventually um, he is beaten down, but but not to the death because Beta Bill kind of has mercy. He is brave. I'm just going to bring him back to his dad. He laid at his dad's, his dad's feet. And so that's kind of where it ends. Yeah, but I love that he ends it by, by you, know, you know, I love his last speech to, to Odin. He says, Lord Odin, your son yet lives, the finest foe I've ever thought, but I have bested him. The hammer is mine. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I love Beta Ray Bill, man. He comes out hot. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a lot. One of my favorite lines in this, um, as I, I, you know, guys, I forgot how awesome it is just to read like, 
uh, a, like an older uh, single issue. The smell. Ugh. I saw you taking a hit off of that. It yeah. was, it's the closest it's thing to drugs that I take. Yeah, it's an addictive <laughs> thing. It's off of old it newsprint. Old it definitely newsprint. gives you a rush, a nostalgia oh, rush. Gosh. Uh, I love when Beta Ray Bill is in the middle of the fight and he says, um, though I do grieve to do this deed, your own father has commanded it. And then he just rubs salt in the wound. He's like, his will be done. <laughs> what a douche. I, know. I like that Thor just actually picks up just a rock. And manages to yeah. completely like, take off the face of a cliff over lava with it. I mean, he's not weak either, right? They're both holding their own here. Yeah, it's a, it's, it really is a, it's a great fight, and I love mm-hmm. that. Like the trash talk is so like it's back and forth, and it's kind of it's not as um, hokey and campy as some of the older like fights because even Thor does this all the time. Like most superhero comics. Back, you know, uh, in the 60s, 70s, you know, all this uh, this time is there. There's a banter going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can be Peter Parker with their banter. Uh, and Thor no. is <laughs> Thor. Thor's banter often just comes back to like, well, I'm, I'm still going to beat you. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, no matter what you say, I'm still going to beat you. This one, I feel like Beta Ray Bill gets all the good lines here. Um, yeah. And he we, finally we didn't say Goldilocks once. They he, kept it all very on the up and up. You know, it's classy. Yeah, oh, that's when you know it's good when he doesn't resort to you know the the easy easy stuff. Yeah. Well, he's not from Earth, so he doesn't know that that fairy tale. You know that's what? right. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is what is the core? What is the Corbinite version of Goldilocks? Oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, man, uh, I really like that we don't uh, in that origin story that page that we don't actually see what the species look like. You see them kind of from behind as they're fashioning a hero to, to protect her. But uh, we don't actually see what his people are like. You only see him as a product and you know that he is a monstrosity by choice. Um, uh, you know, he chose to do this to save his people. I love that. Mm-hmm. So um, on, on that, um, on that note, Matt, there is a, um, um, a piece of Walt Simonson work. I would recommend people go check out. In the um, last year, in the Thor 750 uh, anniversary uh, issue, they did the big, you know, all the old creative teams, you know, of the the still living creators that have worked on Thor. Um, they come back, and Simonson gets this opportunity to tell more of an in depth story about Beta Ray Bill's transformation Ooh. from become, oh, cool. you know, from being a normal Corbinite. He actually. Um, at one point he talks about, um, uh, oh, uh, there's a line in, in, in this issue where he says, our scientists took the most ferocious carnivore of our empire and bioengineered it to produce a warrior of surpassing skill and strength. In that Simonson uh, mini story, a small story in Thor 750, you actually get to see Beta Ray Bill fight that, that carnivore, oh. carnivorous beast. Um, and it's a really cool story. Um, and the the story ends where this comic picks up, um, where you see Beta Ray Bill on the on the like the 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 observation deck of his of his ship, and he's like, "Okay, we're off on an adventure." Oh, cool! I'll so read that for it's sure. Kind of like a pre prelude, but we already know some of the facts. But it's just kind of Walt expanding mm-hmm. upon the the origin of beta ray bill so if you want to go check out more beta ray bill stuff um simonson expands on the origin in the thor 750 issue that came out last year 
but oh, I love it. I would love to little addition there, but wow. Uh, anything else on Thor 338, the, um, the second appearance of Beta Ray Bill, his backstory. I do like it because in, in the eighties, I was reading uncanny X-Men with Chris Claremont and, and he was a master at weaving different stories. You had like plot a, and then you had like plot B and C that he would interweave these kind of side stories as you move along. And so I think here, Simonson's doing similar in the fact that you have like the main, uh, with, with Beta Ray Bill and, and Thor and their big fight. And that's the headline story. But then you have these backstories of what's going on in Asgard, what's going on with Volstagg, what's going on with Sif and Loki kind of interweaved this right. drama throughout. So, so that kind of like these, these, you know, plot line B is, is happening along with it. And I think that was kind of a, a tale of, of eighties comics as well. That's really well done. It's not just the main story, but a lot of stuff going on. But he, uh, it seemed like he excels at it. I mean, even, this is 83 and all. And I know that like you're saying those will, the masters are going to start rising here and, and elevating the comics form and start interweaving things to have it be an unbroken story. But like, this really felt like he was seeding future things and it doesn't have that stop, start works that a lot of, you know, one or two part right. stories did where it's just kind of like, Oh, there's a guy, a shadowy guy in the alley. Maybe that'll come up later. I might, if I don't forget about it, you know, like it's just yeah. these really kind of lazy things you would just inject into things to give you a, a writing point later. But this, like he was actually like laying stuff out mm-hmm. because um, like a few of the, like Will was saying, a few of the 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 not A plots, like Loki and Lorelai, that's not paid off by the end of this. It's not paid off for a long time. You know, the, the Volstagg and Balder stuff, Balder is actually a big deal in Simonson's run. At some point in um, a little further on, and we're actually going to cover this on, on the Simonson saga, Balder gets his own miniseries. I remember of the spinner rack. Mm-hmm. Yes. On there. Um, and like, we're going to learn more about his, his complicated relationship with Carnilla. And <laughs> uh, like, we're going to get a lot of Balder in this, which um, maybe if you're a modern fan or maybe you're a movie fan, you don't know a lot about Balder the brave. He's a big deal in this arc. And we're starting off kind of like with a slow introduction of him having come back from the after, you know, he's come back from the afterlife. Um, but those storylines, don't get paid off at the end of 340. It's not like uh, we're, we're writing for the trade here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot that's being interwoven here and a lot of great stories are just, you know, because I know how these stories pay off because I, you know, I've, I've, I've at least, uh, you know, given an overview of where these storylines go. And a lot of these storylines take a while. Um, like the whole the doom thing with the with the sword and the guy that we're not going to mention, you know, yet. But um, uh, yeah. that, I mean, that gets paid off in like 15 issues. That's well, cool. I think Matt brought up a good point, like like now. And I, I think this has been a lot of uh, uh, criticism, even a lot of writers have of modern comics is that you're writing arcs that are going to fit into a trade. And that's the that, that's the issues that you're writing these stories in. So they can be easily sit, fit into a trade or a collection and sold. Will, you were talking about, um, you know, Claremont's Uncanny X-Men. I mean, is there a more epic story? Some things don't pay off for 40 issues. You know, it's like he's writing right. something that is that is grandiose in scale. And that's kind of what uh, Simonson is doing with this. I mean, he had, I mean, who knows how many of these beats he had planned. I'm not saying he had everything planned, but he had a lot of it planned. A lot of this shit doesn't pay off for a long time. And that just makes the story all the richer. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love that he doesn't, 
have like this kind of one dimensionality of, of heroism or whatever, like he's, it's not this male, um, you know, whatever form, like he introduces Balder, this hero who has come back from the afterlife and he's broken. I mean, yeah. doesn't want to fight. What, he nothing to do with it. Th- th- that's a pretty bold way to introduce a hero in a comic book meant for teenage boys. Yeah. 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 And, and, and also Balder doesn't tell his own story. Volstagg tells Volstagg his does. story yeah. to unwilling Volstagg audiences. Does, which, no, <laughs> listeners of this show know Volstagg is my guy. Yeah. Uh, I love Volstagg for so many different reasons, but he he's telling Balder's story to a young uh young warrior from Vanaheim who this young brash you know warrior showed up was like I want to fight Balder because Balder's the best and Volstagg's like no you don't and also Balder wants nothing to do with you or any other fighting so here's you know here's three issues of reasons why you're not going to get to fight Balder mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know uh you know Ryan maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like Simonson's version of Volstagg has so much i mean he's not just comic relief he has so much heart and wisdom and he's he's just such a richer character i don't think i mean i'm not saying he was one-dimensional before this but i don't think anyone really understood him until simonson i think um i think that what i've noticed from simonson's version of volstagg and you know i'm sure we'll get into this with critiques of Hogan and Sif and Fandral and Heimdall and all the kind of secondary tertiary characters is they stop becoming like Volstagg stopped being a shtick. Yeah. Like it stopped being a gimmick. And Volstagg felt like a fleshed out character. Even in the even in the four issues we're covering today, like that's the Volstagg I love. Is he's got He's got pathos to him. He has a purpose. And um, that's something that, like, honestly, the version of Volstagg I fell in love with first was Jason Aaron's Volstagg. And Jason Aaron's Volstagg is very similar to this, um, where he's, he's taking care of Jane Foster while she has cancer. And he's the only one that knows that yeah. Jane is going through chemo treatment. And Volstagg is there at her bedside every time. And just walking, walking with a friend through the worst experience of her life. And I was like, oh, I love this character. And it wasn't until later that I kind of like, you know, I read the the hokey, you know, like I'm the lion of Asgard, you know, that that <laughs> Volstag, which I still enjoy that Volstag. Yeah. But Simonson added this depth to a character that I don't think many writers would have chosen to add depth to. Because it's not just pretty, it's pretty it shows. It, I don't know. It just shows how much he understands these characters. Like, like they're all new. Like no one had done this before with these characters. It's like that he's lived with them, obviously, since he was a kid. And he's just thought about them so much. Yeah. But yeah, just out of the gate, he's transformed every single character that has yeah, had precedent I in Thor. Totally agree. And they're all their best version. Mm. Uh, guys, do we have anything else to add about 338? If not... Time for a commercial break. We are going to, like Matt said, we're gonna we're gonna take a brief break. We're gonna share with you kind of uh, what we got going on on Patreon. A lot of great stuff happening over there. We got some fun bonus episodes, and you know what? I'll let I'll let me tell you about it in the intermission, and we'll come back on the other side when Matt Howell is going to do Thor three thirty nine and bring us even closer to the culmination of the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill.
Okay, everyone, we're gonna take a brief time out here from our Ballad of Beta Ray Bill to remind you that we have a Patreon. For just a few bucks a month, you can join the Thor Corps. We have a link in the episode description that you can click and join today with. You join a Thor Corps that is made up of individuals such as Will, Joshua, Eric B, Phil, Drew, Trip, Haley, Joseph, Jason, and Eric T. All of those individuals are amazing Thor Core members. They support the show at that next level. For a few bucks a month, they get a bunch of bonus episodes. The bonus episode that we're going to be putting up this week is more Beta Ray Bill. So if you've been enjoying the Beta Ray Bill uh, that we're talking about today with the first episode of Simonson Saga, we are going to be doing Beta Ray Bill God Hunter, which was a uh, recent, in the last 10 years, uh, miniseries by Kieran Gillen. Fantastic uh, bonus episode that we have planned for you where Galactus is up to no good and Beta Ray Bill is going to put the hammer down. So that is what we've got coming for you this week on the Patreon for Thorcore. So go join for a few bucks a month, support the show, and we would love to have you over there and join these awesome members that are already uh, doing that on our Patreon. So thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of this first edition of our Simonson Saga, talking all about Beta Ray Bill. So, uh, the Mighty Thor 339. Um, I just want to say again, I love the new logo that Simonson worked up here. So uh, is it still in use? Probably not. But no. it was up It was up through like 2000, because I remember like when Jurgens or somebody was doing Thor after Heroes Were Born, it was still in use. Yeah, they, um, well, even, even uh, Aaron used it for a while. Mm-hmm. And even, uh, I think Donnie Cates is currently using a version of it. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, this this one is the one... Like if they're going to use an older logo, this is the one that gets used. Um, they don't really go back to the original one ever. So I love the original one, but it's very sixties. Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> reminds me early sixties. Stones. I yeah. don't know why, but it definitely. Just, yeah, it's it's nostalgic and comforting. But this one is mighty and powerful. So I think agreed. it's a better fit. Totally agreed. Uh, so this is something old, something new, and we start off with Beta Ray Bill returning back to Asgard, holding a uh, unconscious Thor, and they're both pretty beat up and worse for the wear. They go to the um, medical area of Asgard, and they're being treated for all of their battle wounds, and um, also some of the best um, mechanics or whatever are working on Bill. And I did not know until this is my first Beta Ray Bill story. I didn't know that he was bionic. Like he, I didn't realize he was organic and and mechanical. Um, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Um, so Odin visits his son and he's Thor's upset about being disgraced and saying that, you know, he's just going to leave Asgard. He's going to just wander, fly around the stars. He's not worthy of protecting earth. He doesn't, you know, he's not worthy of helping protect the Asgardians. And, you know, Odin's like, calm down, dude. And then he goes to visit <laughs> Beta Ray Bill, who's also recovering. And, um, you know, Bill's upset. He's like, I won the hammer and I, I needed to protect my people. But, you know, at the same time, I feel like, uh, is there some time where someone else stronger than me can beat me and take it away? Um, is it truly mine? And Odin says, I think I have a solution and um, it will be something equally powerful, but something that will have a lot of responsibility with it. And he's uh, ominously uh, backlit by all suddenly blackened skies and lightning and th- boom, thunder yeah. striking. That did feel out of place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
And then we get this awesome, is is Odin uh, disguised as a wanderer? Is that a typical thing that happens in the comics? I know it happened in the uh, I mean, mythology. Yeah. Yeah. From time to time. But like this felt like very much like the desperado coming into town. Like, but also like he kind of reminds me of Gandalf in this. Yes, yeah, totally. 100%, 100%. He looks like Gandalf. Yeah. But I, I love that he approaches these uh, ap- dried apple face looking little dwarf people. And, and he's like, Hey, do you know any of you know, a tree? And he's like, Hey, Odin. He's like, what, what? And, <laughs> no, we can feel no, your power no. from like three counties away. Just strange wanderer here. Don't know who Odin is. <laughs> and so these people, they live in the mountains and they're the master craftsmen. So he wants them to craft a weapon for him. And they say, sure, but you have to do one thing for us. We have a big jerk here that um, wants to fight a woman. And if he beats her, she gets to be his wife and be, stay in a mountain forever. And if uh, she beats him, then we'll craft this weapon for you. And he says, that's a great idea. And uh, Bill and Thor are uh, convalescing and talking a bit more about this whole thing and where i like that bill's kind of like did you ever think about how scarthime was very much like the my home planet that i described to you as a furnace hot oven and maybe your father picked that as a place to fight for a specific reason and thor's like mm. what you figured my dad out already too <laughs> 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 and so sif's going to ride off and they're like where's she going and she they explain she's gone to be this fighter and um there's this page i love where she's riding over these snowy mountains and um this dwarf, giant dwarf, giant dwarf, uh, what do we call it? <laughs> Troll-like person. This is kind of like a giant dwarf. Though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jumps, jumps out of nowhere and backhands her with a club on this big cliff. And this battle goes down and it's pretty brutal. Um, then we cut away to Volstag sitting on top of that young, uh, the way you described him, Ryan, it reminded me of like um, when the 12 year old kid comes to town with like a six gun shaking, like I'm here to fight the kid. I'm here to fight you. Know, you. Like, like, no, you're not. And full no, just not. sitting on like, you don't want to do that, man. <laughs> but he starts to explain Baldur's background. He explains that this is all straight from mythology. Like there was, um, the only thing he was uh, weakened by was I think Hemlock or Mistletoe. mistletoe. And um, they fashioned an arrow out of that. And Loki tricks someone into shooting it at him in these games and it killed him. And he goes to the afterlife. So we're getting this whole cool, just, jumping back around different stuff and then we jump back to that person at the space forge which is still haunting and just gorgeous and there's another doom the storm is rising oh. then we get a cutaway to canada quebec and there's a guy just eating yep. who bought a food processor and he's wondering why the hell did i do that and then a demon busts through the door <laughs> and, and that's it that's it like nothing else meanwhile yeah. <laughs> we cut back to sif and the creature fighting uh she cocks it on top of the head with the broadside of the sword and knocks it out. So she has won. They have to craft this thing for Odin. And uh, we get this nice moment where Sif has returned after her, her win and she and Bill are talking and she has developed feelings for him. And she reaches out to put her hand on his and he kind of pulls it away. And um, yeah, Sif's in a world of hurt. Uh, she's just been wanting to fight and do something to get this. I'm assuming yeah. it's a Thor thing. Any, to- oh Yeah. She, it's always so, a Thor thing. Okay. So, um, <laughs> very, very like quickly uh, before 337, uh, Sif had just a bit of context, everybody. Sif had gone to Midgard to try and basically be like, okay, I want to be with Thor. Thor wants to be in, be in on Midgard. So I'll try. I'll try. It's like, they're like, Hey, what if we live together? except the whole, the place where they live is earth. 
And Sif kind of hates Midgard. Like she doesn't hate the people. She just like doesn't, it's not her. Yeah. She, she is as guardian as as guardian can get. And, you know, she's like, I want to go home. So they essentially break up at the end, uh, right before Simonson's run begins. And um, I just one thing, I do like this scene where Beta Ray Bill's like burying his soul. And Sif's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Tries to like touch him. And he, Beta Ray Bill almost has like, no, don't want Thor's sloppy seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's just uh, not interested. Um, but yeah, there is that tension there between these characters and you're like okay something something's brewing like what we just talked about simonson planting the seed of something um that we're gonna pay off later so cool uh then we get to see the the dwarves forge and it is like the literal antithesis of what i thought it would be Uh, i was picturing um lord of the rings stuff and uh lots of lava and lots of red and lots of heat and lots of you know heat waves and it is not it is a very modern mechanized and it's blue it's like fusion heat instead of like fire lava heat and so it's very uh interesting so yeah everybody comes bill thor odin and they're all watching the uh because they have to be involved in these steps it's very complicated to create this weapon uh odin has to do some magic at the same time at critical times bill has to grab it at a critical time of its once it is you know been released from the forge he has to grab it with a gauntlet and he does and he says the power flows into me i'm changing and we get a one page awesome splash page that says bada boom and he's holding it above his head the enchantment is mine once more he's fully in as guardian garb i uh, love that mm-hmm. and so um odin's explaining that this one no one can ever take this one away from you this is yours unlike mjolnir uh there's no you know niggling over who owns it and uh, Thor gets back his his hammer, and um, they have uh, teamed up. And Thor has decided he's going to go to space with uh, Bill to fight these demons off and protect his people. And Sif has said she's coming along too, and don't try to prevent her. So <laughs> Thor um, summons this amazing carriage uh, chariot thing that um, takes them off into space on this exciting uh, panel that says next though hell should bar the way. So <laughs> Thor is saying, look to thy weapons, you demons. Uptooth Nasher, Uptooth Grinder, pull for the stars. The foe awaits and joyous battle is before us. Ugh. Great Han, issue, man. Han, Luke, and Leia heading off. Yeah. The <laughs> right? right? <laughs> the, uh, when you were mentioning the carriage, uh, Matt, that is the inclusion of two characters that Marvel uh, movie fans might be more familiar with from Love and Thunder. It's Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, mm-hmm. who are pulling that uh, that carriage. And I love how I love how Thor summons them. And he says, "Ho, Tooth Nasher! Ho, Tooth Grinder! Leave your green pastures and answer your master's call." For we must travel fast and far, and only you can take us to our destiny. And from out of the thunder and lightning, Thor's Thor's call is answered. <laughs> and then we get this this hoof this hoof clapping down on on the ground, and we get a kabaka thum. Yeah, like great sound point, effects. Well, you're just you're just absolutely making making shit up at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It, yeah, it I totally were like in the, <laughs> all the sound effects feel meaningful in this and but the, and there's a lot of them there's a yeah. lot of sound effects um yeah but that was just one of those 
things uh one of those characters that people might not know uh is included in this um in this run of thor is the the goat the goats yeah i, I forget i guess that if you're not if that if you weren't really as familiar with simonson's run you might not know these guys all that well right right yeah is there anything uh i mean this is one of those like pentultimate issues where like the big conflict we get next issue is kind of like what we've been charging towards but like stormbreaker it's the first appearance of stormbreaker yeah. um and uh this uh this hammer is going to become synonymous with beta ray bill for for decades um do you guys have any other thoughts about like the forging the the, the fighting uh i feel like this is a very sith heavy epi- uh, issue um but any other thoughts before we we head on to our final battle i the forging sequence at the end i think is just amazing um all that kind of weird kirby uh, mountain science space stuff and right. just all the steps right like there's there's not enough metal to try this again we have to get this right the first time so the stakes are super high and then you know now lord odin before the mold is cooled release the enchantment now <laughs> like it's just all so exciting uh, i love it <laughs> yeah but how and how it ends with that amazing splash page of, yeah. of, of bill so holding good. up stormbreaker i mean that's a i mean that's that's a great blacklight poster right there that needs to oh happen. yeah Mm-hmm. Take, by the way uh, guys uh this will be for for people that have listened to both across the bifrost and the uh bronze age monsters son of satan season i feel like that needs to be a drinking game anytime you guys compare something to a blacklight poster yeah it's been um, suggested already we just haven't got okay. to play that voice okay i was like yeah. i was like that <laughs> i was sitting there listening to him, i was like they're talking about blacklight posters oh wow. we've already <laughs> been called out on it yeah oh we love it and 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 yeah we we, we stand by it <laughs> yes uh i mean you're right though this this beta ray bill splash page where he's in this full garb again like that needs to be like a, a poster on the, in in the studio somewhere how is this yes. not a t-shirt honestly yeah, right needs needs to be something but um let's get let's get uh giddy up and uh, get on uh to the last issue we're gonna cover tonight that is thor 340 it is the uh it is called though hell should bar the way can i ask a quick question um how do you folks again this is like really my first simonson stuff i've read really in 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 earnest um how do you describe him to people that ask what what are reference points for his style as far as a pencil or an ink or whatever you know matt i was thinking about that and i i don't know it's it's I mean, his style is very unique. I mean, I guess you could say maybe a rougher Alex Toth a little bit. Maybe okay. an Alex Toth with kind of a kind That's of fair. a rougher line, I think, is the closest that I could think of. And I know that Toth is a big um was a big influence on Simonson. So I definitely think that that ingredient is there. So yeah, I guess that's my shorthand. But his style is so unique. Yeah, like I yeah. see Grandinetti, but I, I might have been thinking Toth at the same time. But definitely some of those heavier, chunkier lines. But but nothing feels heavier, chunky in the art. And it kind of reminds me of before Mignola was Mignola. You remember mm. when he was like a cover artist in like the mid to early eighties? Mm-hmm. Some of his stuff feels like he grew up reading Simon's, or not grew up, was a fan of Simon's right before he started drawing comics. I think that's a good comparison because yeah, yeah Min- Mignola's stuff looks nothing like Hellboy. If you see like, like he would do pinups in like uh in in you know Marvel fanfare and stuff. I think is where I first saw um Mignola's stuff. And yeah, he he's almost a Simonson copyist in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, his first few years, he's nothing doesn't get anything like Mignola today. Um, 
And he was, yeah, I think uh, probably safe to say he's a Simonson clone. But I think I, I see some Dan Jurgens. I think he was influenced by Simonson as well. Um, something about the lines and the way that he does um, figure work. As we have Dan Jurgens and um, some of that that camp of those '90s people more. I see the. I totally see the earlier the early Mignola stuff. Like when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can think back to like a few distinct panels where it like there's a there's a um, uh, a, a Doctor Strange uh, miniseries or a graphic novel that Mignola did um, called like Tri- uh, something in Triumph or something like that, where uh, he does a he does a, a double page spread of Mephisto that feels very like Simonson Surter. Mm-hmm. um it's mm. very very similar um yeah no early mignola feels good anything that's really dramatic and epic because like i feel like simonson's um obviously like comic book characters are meant to be larger than life they're meant to be like you know uh i've read i've read the book uh you know like make comics the marvel way mm-hmm. the Bissema, the Bissema book with stan lee and the description of like what is a superhero supposed to be like okay that's great like if every marvel comic up till now did that and made them larger than life simonson made them larger than legend Mm. because this like it's so dramatic it's so big it's so like it punches you kind of in the face Mm -hmm. um and i I don't know it's kind of hard to ignore his his art is hard to ignore um yeah i Sorry, I don't have a better comparison. Than that. No, that's great. I just, I, I, reading the first couple issues, I was like, I love it. I, I'm just trying, reaching, groping for reference points, and I was having a hard time. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, the uh, our last issue is going to have a lot of those uh those dramatic, epic, artistic scenes. Um. It is called uh, "Though Hell Should Bar the Way." Um, I love Simonson's uh, issue titles because some of them feel like crazy epic, and then like later on they just get kind of weird. Um, but he, <laughs> he he got he like he operates between like high fantasy, weird you know, uh, uh, epic, and then just like kind of weird. <laughs> and uh, I love it that this one's one of those like kick ass kick ass titles. Mm-hmm. Um, but we start off with uh, with Bill and Thor flying towards. Beta Ray Bill's uh, fleet. They're still trying to get away from these demons and Sif is along the way. And Sif uh, says like, Oh, you know, basically I will um, ride on, ride on. Odin said that only destroying the source of these demons can win the battle. She says, ride on, no wasting time. What little time we have, follow the demons home and I will do what I must do. And so she stays behind and fights off the demons, like hundreds, thousands of them. Simonson doesn't even show the demons as individual demons. He shows them in a line. At one point, they're a wave breaking yeah. over her. Right, right. So cool. And, uh, <laughs> so they go, um, they go back to Beta Ray Bill's home planet, and they realize that the the, the demons have created this portal uh, out of his planet that they are streaming through, and they've got to destroy this portal, or the demons are going to keep coming, and they they overwhelm. They overwhelm Thor and Beta Ray Bill. They keep on fighting. We get that um, that uh, you know forging uh, interlude page where this mysterious uh, figure is forging something, and you know the 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 now you know common the doom that we get, and it's a it's big and bold at the bottom of the page, and um, we a little bit of a narration box that's important here is we we see in the as as this creature is forging the weapon we see this narration box that says in the depths of the earth 
the monsters are waking. Mm. So something again is happening in this BC level of the plot. But then we jump back to Sif. And here was my favorite line, my favorite panel of the entire four issues. And it belongs to the lady Sif. When, like Matt referenced, the wave of demons are not individual demons. Don't think like she's fighting an army. (laughs) She's fighting a natural disaster of demons Mm -hmm. coming at her. And she has the balls to say this line says, come demons, who will be the first to taste this sweet steel? (laughs) Like that is metal as hell. Yeah, it is. So good. And, um, and then, uh, because this 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 army is coming against her and she's like hey if i go out this way i go out this way whatever and um she hears from behind her scuttlebutt uh beta ray bill's ship is come to help her fight off these demons to give thor and bill more time they uh we get a, a quick volstag interlude panel where he gives more <laughs> of the um story of what balder did when he was in hell and um yeah um there's a line here where he says uh for there before him were the very warriors that he himself had slain and sent to niflheim in battles past this was the fruits of his many victories basically that balder when he went to hell he had to face all the people and the creatures he had fought and defeated and that was his fruits of victory i thought that was such a good little like narrative device to let us know like really what's going in what's uh, going through Baldur's head right now um we go back to thor and beta ray bill fighting and they decide that the only way to destroy the portal is if they throw mjolnir and they throw stormbreaker at the same time and then we they throw it um they throw them into this orange field and we get this big baraka doom and that's all we see from them as Sif is fighting alongside Scuttlebutt, Scuttlebutt's like, okay, I've got to defend, you know, I've got to, I got to take out these demons, whatever it takes. So Scuttlebutt starts counting down for a self-destruct. And when uh, the ship gets down to like half of like saying the word one, all the demons start to disappear. And Sif is like, Scuttlebutt, wait, the demons, they're, they're disappearing. And we find out that Beta Ray Bill and Thor, their plan worked and the demons are defeated. And then we get a few little like wrap up uh, scenes from this uh, from this story where uh, Loki, Loki and Lorelai, uh, Amora, the Enchantress's uh, much, uh, much more promiscuous sister is uh, they've got a plan <laughs> where Lorelai is basically going to seduce Thor and Loki says, um, she asks, uh, what reward will you get out of playing this game? And Loki just says, it will amuse me. It will amuse me greatly. <laughs> so Loki's got he's got some shit brewing. And um, then we see uh, all our heroes return to Asgard for a big feast. Thor and Beta Ray Bill kind of debrief everything. And uh, Sif and Odin have another conversation. And people are kind of like, uh, uncertain about where we're going to go next and um then in the last few pages there's a um kind of a, a there's a consensus that sif and beta ray bill are going to go off and they're going to kind of complete beta ray bill's mission and thor is going to continue on you know doing 
doing his Thor stuff. Uh, and we, on the last page, we go back to a panel that Matt, you know, referenced in his, in his, in his synopsis where he's like, and then a demon just, you know, popped out of nowhere. <laughs> we go back to the shore of Canada and these two sailors are on the, the, the edge of a ship and uh, out of nowhere comes this giant claw and these tentacles. And uh, we see this giant monster come over, come over on top of the ship, destroy the ship, kill everybody aboard. It says, Odin, hear me. I have returned and no one shall stay my vengeance. The life of your son is forfeit. Thor is mine. Next issue. The past is a bucket of ashes. <laughs> and there's a little uh, thing where <laughs> they're trying to trying to get us to come back. They say, "Stick around, folks. Things are about to get a lot worse again." <laughs> that's where that's where we end this uh, story. Yeah, Matt, what's up? So the 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 end of the before that scene, uh, you you skipped over one that I thought was pretty yeah. important. Um, when Odin gets an enchantment to Thor and and Bill, and um, they're saying, you know, I, I don't I don't feel any different. And then he says, "Bang that stick on the ground." And Bill is turned back into himself, his his pre-surgery uh, self, pre-whatever. And so we realize that he took the enchantment from Thor, the Donald Blake enchantment, his his mortal guise, and put that into Stormbreaker. I'm sorry. I, my pages were stuck together, and I completely skipped by that. Ew. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did not look like what I thought he would look like, by the way. I didn't know what I thought he would look no. like, but... Like Play-Doh face with pencil holes in it was not it. <laughs> pencil holes. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting design, definitely. But and yeah, Beta Ray Bill himself is shocked to be back. He's he's like he just keeps saying I'm myself again, and yeah, Stormbreaker has become a cane. So the he he's got his own uh, lame Doctor Blake deal now. So That's my right. question was, does the Donald Blake shtick not exist in the rest of the uh, Simonson run? Like, did we get rid of that now? They kind of get rid of it. Like there, there's another persona that he takes up. Um, he takes up the persona of Sigurd Jarlson. Oh, I've okay. I knew that somewhere. And, um, it, it's one of the aspects of Simonson's run that you probably are less familiar with yeah. because it's basically Thor playing Midgardian. It's not like Midgardian who turns into Thor. It's Thor kind of pretending to be. Well, he's a construction worker. Yeah, he works construction, <laughs> and like it, again, it gets weird. But he, but he puts on glasses like Clark Kent, and like thinking like maybe that that'll help like blend in. I'll get yeah. a ponytail and some some glasses, and I'll, that'll blend in. Yeah, yeah, that makes him look. That makes the human meat mountain look real yeah. discreet. Um, but everyone just uh, thought he was the sentry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, guys, we've uh, we reached the end of uh, our ballad of Beta Ray Bill. Any like final thoughts on this uh, truly epic beginning of the Simonson saga um, that we're going to be that we're going to be doing this year? Uh, Jacob, you want to give us kind of your final thoughts? Um, well, I mean, you know, like I said before, this is one of this is just one of the greatest runs of comics of all time. But even just in this last issue that we just uh, did, my my favorite panels are, yeah, the one um, I think it's yeah one of the last pages where Odin is like Odin is drawn crazy, like he's all in uh, yellows and whites and, and oranges. This is the remastered coloring, though. And 
and he uh he kind of presents both thor and and bill and they're just kind of crossing you know like stormbreaker and mjolnir and saying you know so speaks odin and it's just it's the most like epic panel from that entire issue and it's a very epic issue but yeah i just love how it all comes together in this and that you know they they were fighting they were trying to figure out how both of them could fit in how both of them could kind of be thor and yeah, it comes together so well at the end of at the end of this issue. I mean, I'm always going to love this run. It's always going to be one of the most important comics in my life and my childhood. And so I'm, I was just That's so amazing. happy we we got to be here to talk about it. Yeah, Bill, Bill and Lacta, Thor. Lacta. Yeah, Bill and Thor touch that. hammers. They're hammers. Yeah. Hammers touch. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> You're on mute, Ryan. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> what were your thoughts, Will, on the? Uh, <laughs> no, the first I. Four I issues? Well, I, I think again, like like you guys mentioned before, that it, it it's not like a clean six issues, twelve issues story arc. It's it's four issues, right? That um, you know, nice. They're not writing to a trade as a part of the story. He told the story he wanted to tell and it weaves in all these other threads that he hopes to do with the rest of the run, but still introduces a brand new character in an epic way. And I kind of miss that about, um, you know, comics these days. It's people are scared to cr uh, create a new character within the big two because, you know, they're going to they're going to go on their own creative um, owned uh, uh, avenues to create their own characters because they don't want the big two to own it. But but this how like hey, let's get creative. Let's tell a new story. I can't wait to do that. I'm just sitting on this for a long time, and and boom, lays it all out. And and yeah, the mix of Norse mythology with sci-fi and um, the the storytelling. Like like we're getting ready to talk about the Dana Warren Johnson's run on that graphic novel of of. Um, uh, Bay Ray Bill and, and how much art's there and, and not as many words, but man, not only is it amazing art, but man, there's a lot of words on these pages. Those word balloons are big. Like he's telling <laughs> a lot of story. They're they're talking a lot uh in in these in these comics. Matt, what uh I, I know you said multiple times that like this is kind of like one of your first you know exposures to this story, these characters on this kind of revamped scale. What uh what are you walking out of these issues uh, feeling and thinking? Um, I feel like since how long was his run on this book? Uh, you know, it's weird. It's not really as long as people might think. Um, it was only around four forty-five issues. Okay. Um, to put that in perspective, like um, Kirby and, and Stan Lee were over a hundred. Uh, Jason Aaron was over a hundred. Uh, Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends were over an over a hundred issues. Like Simonson's run is impactful, but it's not like the longest run ever. Yeah, uh, I just feel like I I started hearing about this uh, in the late '80s, probably after it kind of wrapped. It just already became legendary like immediately, and I've always heard wonderful things about it, effusive praise for it, and. Um, I, I just feel like I, you know, it's it's literally 40 years old now. Um, it feels as fresh and as vibrant as it probably did when it came out. And it's it's a masterpiece. Uh, I I was walked away from the first issue just thinking that was that was glorious. And I can't wait to read more of this. And I'm going to read the whole run. And uh, people in history didn't let me down for once. It, they were all right. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. And uh, like I reiterate and 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 co-sign everything uh everything you guys said like this was such a fun 
uh, thing to get to start to do. And I'm glad that you guys were able to join us for, I mean, the, the pinnacle of like um, introducing a character, introducing a brand new character and making uh, that character feel impactful and meaningful right off the bat. Um, there's just uh, so much more ahead of us, so much more to love. And um, we are going to continue kind of the Beta Ray Bill theme into next episode. Um, Will and I have already mentioned we're going to be covering Daniel Warren Johnson's limited series that he did a few years back um, that really f- it continues the spirit of Beta Ray Bill um, in his, I-, I think, in his truest essence. So um, if you guys are looking for something else to continue your Beta Ray Bill uh, kind of binge with next week, we're going to do that. But before we hop out of here, Matt, Jacob, anything about like Bronze Age Monsters you want to reiterate? How can people be reaching out to you guys and interacting with your show on the uh, the, the the Son of Satan train? Um, yeah, we're, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Bronze Age Monsters. Uh, actually, on Twitter, it's Bronze Age Monst One. I but, love um, that so much. <laughs> <laughs> Bronze Age um, Monst One. I don't know. We, we, do a, we do a weekly bonus show. This season, we're watching a 70s satanic movie every week and reviewing that in our bonus show. So we make that for our patrons. So if you check out the show and you enjoy it and you want some more of me and Jacob, we talk about movies, comics, books, other stuff as well. And as the satanic movie. So um, <laughs> it's just drive-in schlock mostly. Um, but um, yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash Bronze Age Monsters and find uh, us there. And you're going to stick a link into our Libsyn feed or whatever um, so that people can find the show. But uh, yeah, uh, all the stuff's available on Marvel Unlimited, I believe, this season. So you yeah. don't need to go diving into long boxes or anything to find uh, these issues that are readily available on your, your device. Yeah, and you know, and we had over a hundred episodes uh, talking about, like, like you said earlier, Jack Russell, the Werewolf by Night, and uh, John Jameson, Man Wolf, and yeah, if anyone was a fan of uh, Michael Chikino's Werewolf by Night special on Disney Plus, which of course everyone should be a fan of because it's, it's amazing, incredible. And yeah, if you wanted to get the the original take on the character, um, yeah check out the uh, early Werewolf by Night issues. Those are also on Marvel Unlimited and listen to our shows that go through those. Yeah, we go through them issue by issue and Jacob does a lot of research uh, around the creators of each of those things. So um, it's a history lesson and it's a laugh at the same time. So we we have fun with it. And uh, there's there's drinking games. There's <laughs> uh, there's uh, inside jokes. It's just it's honestly it's a lot of fun, everybody. Uh, Public apologies knew- for me almost every other episode. That's right. <laughs> or something I did some gaff. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew nothing about Werewolf by Night going into that show, and I have thoroughly enjoyed and loved every episode since. And I'm uh, really excited to learn more about Damon Hellstrom because also another character I just don't know that much about. Um, but uh, I uh, I love I love listening to you guys. I love just hanging out with you guys. Um, and uh, you know, you're kind of like a like big brothers in the podcast game. So thank you very much. Uh, and uh, we 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 do owe our uh, recent Michael Giacchino uh, interview to you guys. So thank you very much for for that as well. That's been really well received. And I uh, just can't can't thank you guys enough for uh, for yeah how uh, how awesome you are. So yeah, you didn't you didn't Venmo that finders fee by the way. Yeah, oh, we're, we're still expecting that. Will, can you Venmo Matt some money? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take money out of the uh, uh, lis- listener prime uh, Patreon money and buy 337 and send it to Jacob. 
There you uh, go. There's not I mean, it's in, only fair. There's not enough in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to get a page. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering, but, what is the first appearance of Stormbreaker go for? Like in a very fine uh, near mint. Or, oh, or, or first appearance of Beta Ray Bill, like 337? No, the 339. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you said you didn't have first appearance of Bill or the, or Stormbreaker. I don't. I don't. I didn't even look at Stormbreaker mm. because the local comic book store that I went and bought these at, I'm trying to collect as much of the Simonson run as I can as we're doing it because I want to read it in single issues. Um, but uh, I didn't even look. They didn't even have a th- uh, Thor 339. They had a Thor 337. Um, and how much were they north of they selling north of 500? I, hmm. I saw there were some bids on eBay, uh, at, on eBay, it was like uh, $300, uh, for the <sighs> issue. but then, but then there's some, um, like graded copies too, they're a little higher, and then there are some less, like, not as good quality for around 100 bucks. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't know if I need to be spending that, but nah. I'm getting Roy Thomas's one with the three hole punch. Yeah, that's what oh I want. Gosh. Of course, yeah. it's, it's a must-have. It's it's a great it's a Grail comic. Yeah. Um, hey, well, but, thank you for um getting me to read this. Finally, it's been something I, I've been meaning to do for 20, 30 years I mean, actually, dude. So I remembered, I remembered last time when you were on and we did the uh the what if Jane Foster was Thor issue. Mm-hmm. You were like, I've never read Simonson, and I was like, well, that's gonna. That's gonna <laughs> um and uh then when i knew how significant uh you know that first issue was for jacob i was like well i know who's gonna cover beta ray bill with us right off the bat well thank you right um you guys are awesome and uh, everybody um if you're still if you're still with us uh you can uh help us out support the show a few different ways you can uh go join our thor core on patreon for a few bucks a month you get bonus episodes we will release early episodes um Really, as soon as they're recorded, uh, we'll, we'll hand them out to you. And uh, you just get to support the show. We've got a great uh, little, little community over there that's growing you know, inch by inch. Um, love all the people there that have supported us. Uh, we've actually had a few new supporters just in the last few weeks. And that's just, uh, it's, it's fantastic to see you guys supporting us. It really does mean a lot to me. And um, also, you can go follow us at mighty thor podcast on instagram just hang out with us i think we're gonna start getting a uh some uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try discord i'm gonna try it i don't know i know you guys use discord i don't know if i'm gonna be good at it but i'm gonna try it well you so, know jump jump on ours ryan and try it out for yourself we've been wondering why you're not on there anyways because yeah. it's uh I, yeah there's a few different podcasts that i've like really involved you know in following and they're like why haven't you joined our discord i'm like because i feel old and i don't want to like learn new technology <laughs> but it's as, literally as the, like yeah. a message board from the aughts that's the great thing about it but i was 10 back then <laughs> i know i don't know why board. you're always the youngest one in the room on any of these podcasts so i don't know why you say you're, you're the old i know one. i feel i feel ancient though oh um Lord. but no i will so okay i will go get a discord lesson from you guys okay. and yep. uh we'll maybe give that a shot in the next few weeks but um my midwest goodbye is over so uh and when uh <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing them a lot lately. Um, but uh, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this first installment in the Simonson saga. Come back next week for more Beta Ray Bill and uh, go check out Bronze Age Monsters and see what Matt and Jacob are up to over there. Until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, remember to do one thing, everybody. Wherever you're at in the Nine Realms, whatever you're doing, 
just remember to stay worthy. Da -da. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. I think that's going to turn out well.